Welcome to the Supper Podcast, a series of conversations with culinary leaders, drink specialists, and hospitality professionals in the world of FMB. Hello, and welcome to the 11th Supper Podcast. I am Hilary Rann, consulting editor of Supper Magazine. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Emma Banks as my guest. Emma is the Vice President of F&B Strategy and Development for Europe, Middle East, and Africa at Hilton. Emma understands the critical role that food and beverage plays in protecting the planet and has been involved in several market-leading initiatives to reduce single-use plastics, track food waste, and source ingredients locally, which was recognized at the recent launch of Golden Mio in the UAE when Emma was shortlisted as a finalist in the category of Sustainability Champion of the Year. Emma is also a role model to women in the industry, ranking number one in Caterer Middle East's 2020 Women in F&B Powerlist. Most recently, Emma was acknowledged with a Middle East Women Leader Award at the World Women Leadership Congress Awards in Middle East for her contribution to the promotion of empowerment and social change. Lovely to have you on the podcast, Emma. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, uh, let's kick off with a bit of an overview of your career and, and how you ended up with this current role at, la, role at Hilton. And, and again, it will be a brief one. Otherwise, we'd, we'll spend the whole time because um, there's, there's, there's for sure a lot of details in it. So over to you. Okay. Well, um, I actually started uh, way back young, summer holiday jobs working as a waitress in a seaside town. But um, just to cut to the chase, I actually started my hospitality career professionally uh, in uh, pubs back in the old Allied Demac spirit and punch days. Started off in community pubs and then went into uh, late night venues, licensed venues, and finally worked my way into more premium food-led pub operations um, as they became more predominant on the high street. Um, I, I moved to um, Scotland to work for an independent operator up there, G1 Hospitality, where I really learned very much how independent, self-made operations uh, work. I moved, I actually had a foray in uh, retail, working for Dobby's with, under the Tesco umbrella in, in retail, um, food and beverage and then came to the Middle East about 10 years ago working for Al Shire based out of Kuwait um, and then spent the last sort of nine years or so in Dubai, uh, five years working for Jumeirah running their independent restaurant division and then the last nearly four years for Hilton in the position of vice president as uh, food and beverage for, for Amir. Excellent. And um, the, 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 I can say the three years of the of the last ten years have been uh, rather challenging. Let's uh, let's say so. There there's definitely a lot of consumer behaviors that we've seen uh, uh, that have changed, uh, that have pivoted as a result of that. Um, in 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 your uh, realm of work, what are some of the biggest changes that you have have seen that are affecting the concepts um, at Hilton? And uh, what are you um, uh, majorly focusing on these days? Well, absolutely. I think um, there is overall an increasingly mindful approach by consumers um, centered on health, and that's whether it's their own personal health or indeed uh, the health of the planet. 
um, you know, and we're finding that there is an increased forensic focus on food waste, which is resulting in customers and consumers uh, rejecting oversized buffet formats in favour of more show kitchen aluminate cooking or more individual portions, um, certainly in that area. There's also... Um, a heightened dependency on local sourcing. Uh, the pandemic showed us, you know, um, when global uh, global trade shuts down, uh, the fragility of, of, of that business model. So local sourcing has become more importantly, uh, given the challenges of, of global supply, but also I think businesses are more interested in, in supporting local communities that they operate in. And certainly we are at Hilton with the Hilton effect, but also, um, supporting you know we know that chefs um very much pride themselves with working with local produce and and our guests certainly show a big interest in in understanding the provenance and are very engaged around and around local product we also see as a direct result of the global cost of living challenges additional pressure to provide better perception of value and an enforced minimalism uh, which is already playing out, as I said, in a very creative less is more, be that uh, less menu items, less fussy cooking techniques, more more authenticity around the produce. Also, you know, we do understand that there is also people want to have a good time. Restaurants are always seen as a great place to connect as human beings. And we we, we learned that in the pandemic when, when we lost the ability to enjoy those moments with loved ones and friends. So there are those that are still looking to revenge, fen- revenge spend, as I would say, in social vibe dining environments, you know, looking for that hedonistic celebration of life. You know, they want to treat themselves. They want to live life to the full. They want to really enjoy themselves and they want these great experiences in restaurants and bars so we have to cater to those guests but ultimately I think the biggest uh, soundbite or takeaway for our listeners today is that you know the future of hospitality and certainly hospitality food and beverages is sustainability without a shadow of a doubt. And, and Emma, looking after such a huge portfolio of hotels within the uh, EMEA segment of Hilton, um, you know, you, you can really uh, impact change on a large scale because you are dealing with, with so many uh, hotels in the different categories. And, and like you said, ESG, um, uh, sustainability, carbon, all very high up on the agenda. So tell me some of the some more specific initiatives that you have been involved in. Um, I know uh, before we, we prepped for the call, there was some really interesting things around the food, uh, food security in the ministry, um, working with a local agri-tech company, which are all very innovative ways for hotel restaurants um, uh, to, to use this space. So uh, tell me more about, about those initiatives. Oh, thank you, Hilary. I'd be delighted to. So, you know, we know that we're, we understand that we're in the middle of a global eco awakening and we'll continue to see people and guests vote with their feet. Um, and we're certainly seeing our hotel guests and our, our hotel bookers leaning towards companies who operate with really, import, most importantly of all, fact-based accountability, integrity and transparency. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. I work for Hilton where we, you know, we've been driven by purpose and it's it's been its key to us, its, its success for over 100 years. So we recognise the importance of the uh, UN SDG goals as a roadmap for success. So some of the initiatives we've been doing, and you, you mentioned Agritech. So in, in the UAE, we're working with a local sourcing uh, company called Fresh on Table, where we've uh, made a commitment to procure 164 
more lines across 30 properties in the UAE alone. We started this in February of this year and already we've made a staggering saving of 98.5 million food miles year to date, which uh, actually could power nearly 1,800 gasoline cars on the road for a year. So just by simply switching our basket to those those local lines, we've made a really, really big impact on our carbon footprint. It looks like we will procure nearly 500 tonnes of local produce that um, this year alone that previously we'd been importing. Um, if you look at in KSA, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is a big, big emerging market for the hospitality business in general, you know, we've switched um, our contract to tomatoes, for, uh, tomatoes and that's over, that's 200 tonnes we'll procure locally. Uh, that had previously been sourced um, uh, from imported produce. Um, interestingly, your in, your listeners might be very uh, surprised to hear that in Saudi Arabia, in our premium restaurants, we've now moved to sourcing olive oil locally. Saudi Arabia grows has great olive trees and um, and produces premium olive oil, which is um, we, what we're now using in our more premium signature restaurants. And you know that's a really engaging story for guests when you tell them that the olive oil they using is actually because you don't imagine Saudi Arabia as having olive trees it's kind of a Mediterranean vision um and also you know slightly closer to home in the United Kingdom this year uh, we've taken the decision to switch our salmon from Norwegian to Scottish we've actually moved our uh, bacon and sausages which we serve at breakfast and you can imagine the volume of items there to British um, we've moved our afternoon preser- uh, tea preserves to British we've moved our chicken to British and removed certain select cuts of beef to British so we've made a big switch in the United Kingdom similarly in markets such as Egypt now 85% of our produce is sourced locally in Spain, we've switched all our bakeries items, which had previously been imported, which, which in a way made no sense to me, maybe just historic practices. Um, we've, we've moved them all across to a local Spanish bakery. So um, great start this year. Really proud of what the team have done, but lots more to go. Um, for example, you talked about food waste. Uh, we're now working with Winnow AI technology. And before we uh, commenced a very aggressive rollout this year, which I'm pleased to say we're ahead of our uh, initial targets on, on rollout of Winnow, we actually carried it out a pioneering pilot program with Winnow AI across 21 hotels in 10 different countries. And the pilot actually resulted in an estimated annualized savings of over 600,000 meals and a 50% waste to la- uh, landfill reduction. So from that, we then created a business case for our top 153 hotels, and we're currently working through that list to transfer them with the support of the general managers on our ownership to, to using Winnow. Um, we're also very proud in Malaga that Chef Diego Galagos was lauded the first Michelin Green Star in 2020 for his dedication to freshwater fish, homegrown produce and our own production via Solo. So we we really, really are focusing and doubling down on our food waste impact, um, our local sourcing and actually um, engaging with our guests around these stories. Much more to come. We're looking at initiatives such as actually having uh, local agritech farms on some of our hotels, working with suppliers to actually do that so we can actually um, actually have the farms on our on our properties, but much more to come on that and maybe we can talk about that in the future, Hilary. 
Oh, that's that's really exciting. I love the uh, idea of, of, of farms within um, or, or together with hotels because that's your that's your ecosystem, right? That's uh, that's really the farm to table. But if if uh, you can do it on a, on a, again a larger scale uh, with with the properties um, that you have, the impact is is so much the bigger, right? So that's uh, that that's really amazing. And and given all the initiatives that you've just talked through, I'm just wondering. Um, I, I guess it also becomes then easier to uh, recruit the right staff or appeal to um, you know the next generation for whom uh, this is uh, really a, a key USP of looking at what our companies standing for and how are they tackling uh, you know the climate crisis and what are they actually doing for that are you seeing that you can use this and all these initiatives also as a recruitment tool because staffing is is an issue clearly uh, everywhere um, around the, around hospitality but specifically in food and beverage do you see a correlation in in that Emma Oh, of course. I mean, um, you know, people often talk about uh, the cost of sustainability and sustainable practices versus profiteering, et cetera, et cetera. And we always make it very clear that this is not only an area that our guests are 100% engaged with, but our team members um, absolutely, you know, as as we start to employ um you know, younger and younger demographics as 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 the millennials and the Gen Zs, you know, millennials have come through. Now the Gen Zs are coming up. You know, they 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 very strongly feel um, very engaged around companies. You know, they want to work with companies that have a purpose. They want to have a companies that have strong sustainability um, ESG goals, and they're very engaged around it. And um, yeah, absolutely, from a recruitment perspective, I myself. Uh, when I was talking to Hilton about joining, you know, the, the the two areas that I looked at were all their ESG goals and their purpose, and 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 their culture. I mean, everybody knows Hilton as a as a hugely successful global brand, but it really mattered to me. And when I when I looked into how engaged they were around some of the areas in food and beverage, it really resonated with myself. So I can talk, talk from personal experience. It was a, a huge part to play in the recruitment of my role at Hilton. Great, and and that actually leads me to the to the next question is is um, when we look at um, you know standalone independent restaurants and we look at food and beverage uh, within within hotels, um, you know it, there's been a battle between the two, right? Hotel restaurants uh, having not had the best of reputations um, historically, things have sort of slowly changed, um, and again, all the things you talk me through are are so incredibly inspiring and innovative, which I guess as sometimes as an independent restaurant you just cannot do because you don't have the scale well as as within a group you can so uh, what is your sort of take on why is generally speaking uh food and beverage still done uh not as great um in hotels and and how are things improving because you travel clearly a lot and 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 i'm sure you go and 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 look at what others are doing and and how people are em- embracing hotel restaurants and and how we've been able to drive that change um in hilton as well well, Hillary, you, you touch on a very good point here. I mean, it, it's it's a widely held belief that, you know, hoteliers can't operate restaurants and bars and that we just see them as an amenity in a hotel or a cost to manage, or as, as we say, you know, it's a, ser- a necessary service to be provisioned. Um, and, and, you know, you touched on the, the industry itself has created a, a watered down guest experience, you know, where we talk about value engineering outlets as opposed to restaurants or bars as I like to call them, you know, where mediocrity thrives and, you know, maybe trying to be a, a, a jack of all trades rather than being a master of none. Um, 
and and we know that independent restaurateurs are very focused on their concepts and and keeping within the guardrails of that concept and protecting their brand so um but but the reality is is that the hotel industry is is very very cognizant that consumers are driving change you know consumers and i'm sure you've done it yourself i do it when 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 you're visiting a hotel you know even in in the booking uh, the booking experience you you know you look at your room you choose your room you choose your view but then after that you are very engaged around what's on the ground floor what's happening in the public space you know the restaurants the bars what are the wellness spaces what are the communal spaces what can they enjoy so at Hilton now we recognize that that food and drink the food and drink proposition can actually uh, be the market differentiator that sets your hotel apart Um, and I very much believe and and champion the cause within Hilton that it is the uh, hotel industry's big white space where the magic can happen so, you know, we know that the uh, the food and drink mix of a property is a vital contributor to the hotel's positioning within its market, as I said, in the differentiator. So food and drink revenue can actually be a huge contributor, not only to rooms revenue, as well as an overall asset value. So a true, as we like to say, we can be a true ally to Trevpar. So, and through restaurants and bars, we can allow... We understand now that when guests are visiting hotels, they want to feel a true sense of place. They want to connect with the area they're visiting. And food and drink is so culturally relevant that it's actually through our restaurants and bars that we can allow a guest to feel uh, culturally relevant and connect, connect and feel a true sense of place of where they're visiting. We also recognise now that gastronomy has always been a crucial part of cultural tourism and restaurants and bars need to be the gateway to that local culture. So what I've what I've done with my team and, and you know, one of one of the key strategies of, of, of my time at Hilton is is to try and operate an independent operator approach, you know, from our thought behaviors to, to, um, you know, employing people with a retail mindset, people who are very nimble, people who react to react to the market, you know, um, we do actually have to, like you mentioned before, we've got scale and volume. So we do actually have to create processes and playbooks to support the base, you know, but we also are looking at how we can really drive our F&B culture within Hilton and also as we call it reigniting our mojo where we really focus on our flagship restaurants and bars um but we also firmly believe we can't do it all on our own um you know we have we have a huge uh, a huge scale of business as you said we have lots and lots of restaurants and bars across Amir so the other thing we've done is is we've actually partnered with great brands and chefs so for example you know we've partnered we brought Rocker into into Waldorf Astoria in Q8 we brought Sushi Samba and Scarpetto most recently into the Waldorf Astoria in Lucille in Doha that's just opened um, and partnering with chefs such as you know Sally Abbey at the Conrad London St James um, soon to partner with uh, Anna Hoare at a pop-up at the Conrad in Dublin and um, partnering with the Cotton Club at uh, the Hilton in Mallorca which has recently opened and we brought the Cotton Club out to Mallorca and we have a lot of these great partnerships be it chefs and brands and we believe they bring a real halo effect and an interesting proposition to our restaurants and bars for our guests so um, 
you know, and it's not, it's it maybe not so widely known, and I'm happy to touch on it this later, but, you know, across continental Europe, we actually have 10 Michelin stars in our estate. Um, and, you know, that's part of our strategy. We, ha- we have a strategy around achieving more and more tier, what, what we call tier one awards, where we look at achieving, you know, our Michelin stars, our Gort milieu, and, uh, you know, our strategy to try and work to get some of our restaurants in bars in world's 50 best, which we're not at yet, but we're on a journey to do so. Wow, great ambitions, Emma. Emma, I'm loving it. Uh, it's uh, it's really setting setting the standards uh, really high, which is what what one one needs to do uh, to to aspire to really be the best. And and actually, that leads to my next question to you, Emma: Is what currently excites you in the world of of food and drink? Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure that you've been able to travel a bit more now that uh, borders are open again and and see what's been happening around the world. So, what do you find uh, exciting that you then can bring back to Hilton or 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 just generally think that is 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 really um, standing out in the industry? I think one of the things that excites me, and maybe surprisingly so, is the advancement of tech. I don't see tech and digital AI is something that's going to to replace us. So, you know, I don't have visions of robots serving in, in restaurants and bars in hotels, certainly. But, you know, tech as enabler to allow us to do our jobs better. So I touched on Winnow AI, you know, so if the chefs have tech that can actually forecast their food waste, you know, allows them to A, produce less, which is right for the planet, but not waste food and waste time and money, uh, not only buying the food, but cooking it, you know. So I find tech is, and um, we we all know that that data is absolutely key. And as a as an industry, the hotel F and B industry has always been surrounded by F and B data, but often starved of insight because unlike the independents, we don't necessarily connect all the dots. So I think the um, introduction of uh, e commerce platforms such as YQ, uh, table management systems such as Seven Rooms, which we're now starting to adopt across our hotels, um, uh, back of house kitchen and enabling systems such as kitchen cut you know so I think I think I think the advancement of tech and and um, our team's tech strategy is very exciting because it's going to free up more time to focus on the guests and what we do best giving great great experiences and 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 delivering great food and beverage um I think I love I'm I mean I'm based here in Dubai and you know there's so much going on in the on the scene here in the Middle East from a food and beverage perspective and I'm such a big fan of you know the immersive vibe dining and experiences we know that people are now looking for more than just a a great meal so I'm a huge fan of dinnertainment you know and and making sure that there's a great atmosphere and vibe and I think as a hotel industry we've got a long way to go and we've got a lot to learn from the independents so you know that's I think is an exciting challenge that I'm taking and some of some of our restaurants and bars now are doing an absolutely fabulous job at this and uh, more to come um I'm a huge fan of of using um, social media as a tool uh, for good to promote our restaurants and bars, but also our people. So our social media strategy at Taste of Hilton, friend, there's a plug. Please follow us on Instagram. It's really cool. Um, uh, Taste of Hilton, we we focus on people, product, place and purpose. So that's what our whole social media strategy is around. And I'm a huge fan of that because it allows us to showcase our great product, but also so our team members and it actually acts as a good recruitment tool to your earlier point 
I think the evolution of plant-based from both the health, but also from a planetary perspective, but also it is actually really more challenging, I think, for chefs sometimes to cook plant-based food and actually you know, deliver the umami flavors or the craveable flavors in plant-based foods. So I think that's a challenge uh, for us. Um, climate positive products, you know, we've just launched uh, with uh, Nada Gin and Vodka, which is the world's first climate uh, negative, carbon negative uh, uh, spirits, uh, with, uh, vodka and gin coming out of the Arbiki distillery up in Scotland. And we've, we've launched them across the estate in, in the UK and also here in the Middle East. Um, and as I said, I'm very a big, big fan of uh, cool, cool collaborations. So we want to do more to activate across brand, across properties, across markets. And I've, I've just returned from uh, literally a gastronomic high in my career where myself and some of my team visited the Conrad Algarve um, where we've just helped the Conrad Algarve celebrate its 10 years in, in the Algarve but we we actually culminated it with a 10 stars for 10 years so we actually invited our our seven chefs uh, Michelin chefs across Europe led by Heinz Beck at La Pagola who obviously has street three stars um, and we brought our seven chefs together then we had a collaborated uh, 14 hand um, 10 star chef dinner for our most loyal guests at Conrad Algarve and some media and journalists. It was the most exquisite experience. And, you know, just the engagement on bringing those chefs all together. And they feel they, they now feel part of something bigger because they're all independent Michelin chefs in their own right to, to feel bigger. And they all have engaged back with me and said, we want to do more of this, you know, and I want to do not just with the Michelin chefs, but with our top talent more of these experiences because you know we can actually opt because of our scale and the the the, the geography we cover and the talent we hire we'd be able to offer more one-off experiences for our guests that you know I think I think are really what guests are looking for I know certainly anybody who who enjoyed that experience the other night was really blown away um it was very it was very very cool you're making me very jealous, Emma. That sounds like something that that I would I would die to to be part of and, and experience. It, it's very special. So yeah. uh, I, I can only imagine that the that um, uh, it, it really resonated both with the team and with the guests because it is something very very different. Yeah, we're going to do more of it, you know, definitely a lot more of it, try and do these unique, because the other thing is, is such a busy space, restaurants and bars, we know how competitive it is, we know how great some of the independents are, both one-off independent operators in their local town and cities, but also the global restaurant, independent restaurant groups. I mean, they're fast, first class at what they do, they're very fleet of foot, they're nimble, they're agile, so we really have to, you know, be on our toes and up our game and use our strengths to cut through that noisy space and really create the halo effect that F&B can create on our restaurant, on our hotels and our brands. No, no, definitely. And um, uh, moving on to the last part of what I want to talk about, and you've touched upon it a few times, you know, we talked about talent and teams. Um, I mentioned in my intro uh, that um, you have been a sort of a role model for women in the industry, ranking number one in Caterer Middle East's uh, 2020 Women F&B Power List. So a uh, question about uh, diversity uh, within our uh, our sector. There's been uh, a lot of talk about it as, a, as an outcome of, of, of the pandemic, which I think is a good thing. Um, so how has sort of the discussion about cultural diversity um, helped diversity in the industry and, and what more can be done and, and, and how, are, how are you leading on this front? 
Thank you. What a what a great question, Hillary. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Hillary. I was going to say, because I'm just about to quote Hillary Clinton. Sorry, I'm getting my I's and E's mixed up here. So, Hillary, as the famous Hillary Clinton said, uh, women are the largest untapped reservoir of talent in the world. And, and, and given the current recruitment challenges, this seems even more pertinent than ever with, with women representing 50% of the population. At, at Hilton, uh, dive, our diverse workforce is actually fundamental to the success of our business. And we're proud of a culture we've actually managed to create uh, where, you know, Hilton is honoured to have number one best workplace for women in the US and in Turkey, for example, two key markets for us. And actually, interestingly, we're number two in the UK. Um, but I'm a firm, I'm also a firm believer in merit, meritocracy and balance. So, you know, the best candidate for the role. Um, but there clearly are barriers to female progression, certainly in culinary and in and in food and beverage. And we need to do more to address this. So um, as a team, we made a commitment this year to start focusing on uh, female chef talent in our business and how, how we can um, develop more senior female leaders, but also increase the number of, of female chefs we have in our culinary brigades. But the first thing we had to do was actually gather the data. And we um, we then we, we set about gathering the data across you know, 70 countries in, in, a, in a, a wide number of hotels of how many female chefs we actually employed in our, in our portfolio. So we've gathered that data. And then the one thing we're very clear is, is we wanted to make sure that we understood what, what the issues are and before we started a call to action. So we're actually very pleased to say that we've worked with a company called Inclusion In based out the UK, who are a, speci- a, a company that specializes in, in diversity and inclusion and helps Um, a lot of businesses around the world. So we have given them access to surveying all our female chefs, also carrying out um, focus groups and also carrying out one-on-one interviews with our female executive chefs, but also our male executive chefs. Um, I'm very much looking forward to receiving the feedback on that data with my my leadership team and and some of our leaders within within the EMEA EC, uh, within our executive committee of, of, of Hilton EMEA. And one once we receive that data, which obviously is being garnered both independently of Hilton by experts and also um, by professionals, we look very much forward to how we can work on creating actions and creating an op- more opportunities to have more female chefs and more leaders within what quite frankly is not a Hilton problem. We know it's a global problem and it's not just a hotel industry problem. We know that the independents and the restaurant groups are all striving to employ more female chefs because as you said, we obviously have a talent um, pool issue as well within the industry at the moment. So, so more to be more to be done in that area, um, but also working. We've got we, you know, championing our ex, our female executive chefs, of which we have some very talented ones. And I'm pleased to say, in some countries, we've appointed the first uh, female chef ever to be executive chef to ever be appointed. So we've had a couple of first to markets on that in some developing countries. Also, you know, working with. Um, uh, chefs such as Sally Abbey, who were, you know, so out there in terms of championing the cause of, of female chefs. I'm very proud of her female brigade in our uh, 
restaurant at the Conrad London St. James, the Pem, where the whole story is very much around the suffragette movement and how it was all anchored. A lot of the suffragettes used to meet in that hotel, in that property. So we, we took that true piece of history and brought it to life in the brand, the Pem, which now Sally fronts and, and, and you know, she's very proactive and uh, uh, in, in championing the cause of, of female chefs, certainly within the UK market. So a lot more to be done, but very excited about it. And I've got the full support of Hilton in this exercise, as I have of my of my team. So more to come next year. Thank you, Emma. That's uh, that's a really great and, and positive note uh, to end on, and I'm I'm sure you're going to be sharing those insights once once they're ready. Because I think it's it's uh, should be should be what everyone should be doing across the board. I feel like because uh, I, I I think there's so much opportunity that we haven't even scratched the surface of, um, and and these sort of uh, insights really help to drive that change. So um, thank you so much, Emma, for your time on the on the supper podcast, and and again. Uh, Again, uh, thank you, thank you so much uh, for 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 uh, telling us the the story of of what Hilton is doing uh, when it comes to great sustainability initiatives um, um, around the region. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hilary. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Much appreciated. You've been listening to the Supper Podcast, a series of conversations with culinary leaders drink specialists and hospitality professionals in the world of F&B.